La tagliata messa fuori, c'è Pirlo, 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 ancora Pirlo di Tecco, tiro, Hello and welcome to the AC Milan Talk podcast. I'm your host, Samit Paul, and I'm delighted to say that you won't have to listen to me ramble on on my own this week. I'm joined by Jack Cowling, who you may remember from previous pods, and you may recognise his voice from our NBA podcast on the SP Weekly channel, which is available on iTunes. Jack, cheeky little plug there. How are you doing? Yeah, all good. Good, good to play. Got to take the chat so you can. But um, no, pumped to be back on talking a bit about Milan. Last time we were chatting, uh, they were about to take over global football and were destined to, uh, to to win Serie A in the Europa this year. And uh, looking forward to discussing why that's maybe not the case at the moment. Yeah, not quite going to plan, but yeah. <laughs> right, so yeah, unfortunately, we've got another loss to dissect today. Milan lost 2-0 to Juventus at a sold-out San Siro on Saturday night. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain scored a double, sealed the win for the visitors. And... Ultimately, after falling short against Lazio, Roma and Inter already this season, it's a familiar story for Milan and they've failed another test. Just a quick recap in terms of the positives and negatives and my rating for Montella. Uh, I think Milan started the game really well. There's good tempo and urgency to their play, but ultimately they couldn't match Juve for the entire 90 minutes and we fell short. And yeah, just that little bit of quality up top when they needed it. Higuain produced two excellent finishes. Uh, I've given Montella a 5 out of 10 for my rating. That's purely based down on the fact that I just don't know where... How, it's hard for me to explain how he picked Kalinic over Andre Silva up front. That was a real sort of uh, talking point before the game and I think he got that, that one wrong and obviously we'll come to Kalinic later but he didn't take his chances and uh, we were left to rue that. And the other kind of contentious point was how long he left Lucas Biglia on the pitch for. I personally felt he could have replaced him earlier on. Another sort of letdown, if you like. So I've given Montella a 5 out of 10. That's five defeats in 11 Serie A games so far this season. And obviously that for the first man in the firing line is the coach. And that falls on Montella. So 5 out of 10 from me. Jack, let's get stuck into these player ratings then. Uh, kicking off with Gianluigi Donnarumma. I've given him a 6. I thought he was relatively untested throughout the game. And in all fairness, he couldn't really do much about either of Higuain's goals. So <laughs> I've given him a 6. Yeah, I think that's about spot on. It's always one of those difficult ones when there's two worldies. You know, there is a keeper of his quality. He sometimes does manage to somehow save those, but, you do, you know, they're not expected. The finishes were top draw. But um, as you say, didn't do a lot wrong. Wasn't too tested, wasn't too called upon, but um, I thought six was probably a fair shout for him. Good man. I've also given a six to Christian Zapata. There was a couple of people on Twitter prior to the game questioning why he was in the team, and I understand that in front of Masakio, but... For the second consecutive outing on you know, on a personal level, he's actually produced a decent, solid defensive performance. So did his part to keep things tight at the back and I was pretty happy with him. So solid six for me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, without wanting to mirror you too much, I think I'd go, go the same. I think he was probably the defender of the game. You know, I think he was probably the best performer across the back line and, and such. You know, I had my last year, I think I mentioned, I sort of had doubts. But he's one of those players that you kind of think is worse than he is. I think, you know, he's not a really sort of fashionable person to like and stuff because obviously he's not a, a, a big name signing like the others and things and it's quite easy to be you know understate you know his qualities but um yeah I think he, uh, he he had a solid game so but when you can see two you know I think you can't go much higher than a six for a defensive player so yeah six out of ten sounds right absolutely now I'm gonna get your opinion on this because I think I may have been a little bit too harsh on him but I've given Romagnoli a five and you know on the whole I was impressed with him he made some really good interceptions he was strong in the tackle in the air so it's difficult to criticise him too much, but 
and taking into consideration the finish from Higuain for the first goal. But I personally felt as though he kind of stood off him a little bit and gave him too much room to get his shot off. So that was a key moment in the game. The first goal was always going to be crucial. So I've given him a five, but have I been a bit harsh kind of criticising him for the opening goal or would you give him a five as well? I think you have, yeah. I went six for him as well. As I said, I think Zapata was probably the best performer, but I think Romagnoli did have a really good game. You know, the goal, it's... You know, you're talking inches rather than feet, aren't you? <laughs> you know what I mean, it's one of those. And the back lift was so short from Higuain and, and, you know, such pace that he hit it. You know, it literally maybe an inch or two either side than it had either gone wide or, or Romagnoli probably would have blocked it and it gone over for a corner or so. So I um, think a little bit harsh getting on him for that one. But at the same time, you know, this is the highest level and winning games like this, it's those tiny, minute details that is all the difference, isn't it? True. Well, if you think that's harsh, I think you might find the next one <laughs> I've given Rodriguez a five as well similarly to Romagnoli I thought he looked comfortable on the ball uh, decently defensively then he had to switch later on in the game over to the left but again for me just the moment that really mattered was when he should have been a little bit tighter to Higuain to prevent the second goal and again full credit to Higuain ruthlessly exposed that space and uh, made the most of it so yeah, maybe a little bit harsh again, but I've given Rodriguez a five. OK, yeah, <laughs> I can see where some the <laughs> defensive critic comes. Um, now, I went six again. Yeah, I went for six for, for all because, you know, even though it was 2-0, I, I do think it was a fairly assured performance, you know, other than the two goals. There wasn't bundles of opportunities coming their way. You know, Dabala was restricted to some long-range efforts and, and things like that. I actually thought they... They did their part, really. I actually thought the defence, and, and occasionally you just come up against a striker who's um, obviously banging form and can can score a couple of worldies. So um, yeah, you know, with him, maybe a little bit more open to criticism than um, uh, Romagnoli, but uh, I think six out of ten for for the whole back three is probably fair. Good man. I've gone slightly higher for Abate. I've given him a six. He's obviously been out for a while. Came back, couldn't finish the game. Picked up a new fresh injury problem. Uh, but while he was on the pitch, I think he did a fairly decent job looking after Mandzukic and as always, as he always does, he offered energy commitment down the right flank. So again, nothing extravagant, nothing special, but I think Abate can get a solid six out of 10 for me. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, as you said, sort of whilst he was on the pitch, the, the energy levels were good and, and sort of he sticks to his duties really without sort of being too flash or too, it wasn't too exciting things. He, he did what he had to do well. So um, I think a six is fair. Kessie gets a five. I think, for me, he's still falling short of showing that kind of consistency that he displayed earlier in the season. There were moments where he was really sloppy in possession, lacked the composure when it mattered going forwards. But you know what you get with Kessie as well. His tirelessly defensive work was very key in the game. But just as I mentioned, I just don't feel as though, by his standards, I don't think he's performing as well as he could be. So... I know you were very excited about this signing in the summer when we were talking about it at the time, but just a little bit disappointed in Kessie on this occasion, so I'll give him a five. I went, I went six again for, for Kessie. I did think, as you said, I was hugely pumped for, for the signing. I think, you know, and, and still am, you know, he's still young. That's the thing. It's sort of when you come in after the seasons he's had and, and you know, he started off in, in impressive fashion and things, it's, you know, very easy to kind of forget age and start sort of looking too well. But um even though I was looking for more of a of an influence in terms of going you know, forward and such in the game, I do think he is integral in that centre mid, as you said, is sort of his work rate and sort of the the shielding and the pass, you know, pass blocking that he's, he's sort of doing is is actually very impressive still. So, um, you know, I still thought he had a, a fairly good game, but you know, it's these big games where you want to see him put his foot in there and dominate a little bit more. But um, I think a six out of ten was was probably fair. 
You're making me sound like I'm being really harsh now. <laughs> I'm starting to question some of these ratings. Jack Biglia, what have you given him? Well, I didn't know how low you were allowed to go, really. <laughs> One of those, it was sort of... Um, no, I think, you know, he obviously wasn't offering much on the defensive end. You know, he's not contributing going forward. So when people are like that, you're kind of going, what are you doing? <laughs> if you're not contributing to, to either end, it's really just difficult. It sounded like... To me, um, the fans were starting to turn on him a little bit. He might be, you know, the, the, the sort of visible scapegoat at the moment in terms which always then you start picking up on every small mistake that happens and things and start, you know, kind of head in hands even more so than, than if it was a player that was doing all right and such. But um, I went for three out of ten, you know, just as I said, he was on the pitch, I suppose, so you can't kind of go too much lower than that and everything. But just... Just nothing at all, really, was there on, on either end of the pitch that, that gives you any sort of optimism, hope or, or sort of enjoyment as a fan to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I echo all those points. I've actually given him a four, but I'd quite easily have gone down to a three if I thought we were going that low. But you're, you're <laughs> right. You know, he was jeered by the fans as the game went on. I've mentioned it before in previous podcasts that I just don't feel as if he's got enough personality about his game to really dominate a full mm. 90 minutes, like you mentioned there. I just feel like he floats around, he does things, he, you know, he does the tidy bits and pieces on the ball and off the ball, doesn't really offer that defensive coverage in midfield that we need. And like I said, he's a, yeah, he's, he is mobile, but I don't feel as though he gets about the pitch enough and, and you know, stamps his mark on the game enough. So for me, I would have liked to see a change moving forward, maybe Locatelli coming in for him, but I'm not yeah. impressed with him on this occasion. So yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've given him a four. I've given Barini a six. Again, Similar sort of story with him. You know, you, you can't fault him for effort, for energy. Works tirelessly for the team. Switches around the pitch, shows his versatility as well. And for a change, I've obviously criticised him in recent weeks about not having that sort of quality in the final third to like really stand out. But on this occasion, he had two really, really good crosses, which Kalinic couldn't make the most of. So can't really fault Barini yet again. And I'm shocked to say this, considering all the summer signings we made, but he is emerging as like the most consistent performer out of the new boys so yeah. really impressed with him but uh obviously with the result and stuff so I think I'm gonna settle for a six out of ten for him yeah I went for six as well you know but my from the years of watching Barini you know certainly in the Premier League and, and such sort of my take on him as you said he can, he can occasionally have these games where he's great but quite often he fades but he's one of those players that he'll always create something or, or at least when he does if it's not taken, then all of a sudden, you know, if, as you said, if his couple of deliveries that were amazing were taken, all of a sudden you're talking about maybe a, an eight or, or even maybe a nine out of ten yeah, and such. Yeah. And it's sort of, it's a bit unfair to do a player for the lackings of another player. But, um, you know, my thing with him is, as I said, when he's high in confidence and, and he starts to do some some things well, it seems as though he, he really sort of thrives and, and such. My problems with Barini is um, when it's not going quite so well and, and things, is he a go-to man who's going to kind of get you out the out of a tough spot sort of thing? But um, I thought in this game, yeah, you know, he looked impressive. As I said, you know, it's he looked as though um, the quality was actually maybe a bit better than I've seen of the, of the last couple of years. You know, certainly one or two of those balls and, and sort of finding the space to get those crosses was, was good. So, um, but unfortunately they weren't taken. So as I said, instead of eights and nines, I think six is probably about bang on. Yep, sounds fair enough. Uh, I've given Suso a six as well. Probably a little bit generous. I don't know. I'll get your take in a second. But as always, he's always the most likely sort of source of Milan's best creative work. We're always looking to him to make something happen, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But he is the one that kind of makes things happen. He showed glimpses of what he could do. Uh, but being the main man, obviously Juve paid him more attention than anyone else. Closed down the space to ensure that he didn't really, uh, you know, couldn't have a de decisive impact on the game. So 
tried his best, but for me, quality wasn't there as we've seen from him. So I've settled for a six out of ten. I went one under. You know, I thought if we, you know if I thought it was Gimbarini a six, I don't think so. Just because he didn't create those clear cut chances quite as um as Barini did, so I went five out of ten. So as you said, he's he's got. We know he's got the quality. You know he's got the um the ability to pick passes and and create havoc for, for defenses and stuff. But again, I just didn't think he, he quite did enough to kind of really do that to, to deliver against Juve. And um yeah, unfortunately, I, I just think he's just a mark below Barini at five out of ten. That's fair enough. Shout. Chan Nolu gets a five from me. I think. I was impressed with him in the early stages. Uh, I think he was building on his Kievo performance after he grabbed the goal. thought he was looking a bit more confident. But as the game went on, I think he kind of disappeared as you know, Juve started to take over, struggled to get involved. And yeah, it was just another one of those where you'd expect more from him, but it was just a difficult situation for him to do much. So disappointed, but in the circumstances, can't be too harsh. But again, I think I've given him a five and I don't know if that's a fair enough one, but what have you given him? Yeah, I went five as well. Sort of similar reason. And yeah, you said sort of started lively. And, and so, you know, it's, you've always got to take into consideration that you're playing Juve, who are a very strong defensive team. And, and you know, it is difficult for, for attackers and such. But again, just watching the game, my fear was looking at the, the, the three sort of attackers in particular, you know, the, the three that we're just talking about is are they good enough you know are they good enough to kind of take on these elite teams and are they consistent enough that you know right at least two of them are going to perform you know for 90 minutes or or even is one of them going to perform for a full 90 minutes and at the moment you know I felt that they all sort of fluttered in and out the game but at sort of different times and such so so the attack was never sort of on full gung-ho mode but um yeah you know he he showed glimpses where I thought okay yeah this you know he, he looks a real player but it was only glimpses and, and sort of nothing stable. So at five for, for, for me. Good chat. And I'm going to give you the honours of rounding off the starting lineup with Kalinic. What have you given him? Um, I've given him a mark for both of his clear cut misses. So two out of ten. <laughs> 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 no, it's, um, yeah, you know, it was just struggling badly, wasn't he? Sort of, you know, the linking up didn't seem particularly of, of any sort of quality. You know, that was disappointing. But for me, a striker is. is is scored and ranked on on their ability to put the ball in the net and you know he had a couple of chances which against a big team is is likely all you're going to get and he, he completely fluffed his lines didn't he so um again if they go in the back of the net you could be talking of a, of a much higher mark and stuff but they didn't and, and he has to be sort of scrutinized against that so um yeah joking aside two out of ten <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough I've, I've given him a four i completely see why he would get lower you're completely right i think you know Part of the reason that I was kind of happy with the signing was that I felt like he would offer what Montella needed in this team in terms of the build-up play. Didn't see any of that. Uh, defended him, you know, countless occasions on Twitter. Fans not happy with the signing and he's just not performing and kind of living up to what I thought he would do. And like I said, ultimately, he had two great chances. The one that he hit the bar with was painful, to say the least, watching <laughs> that. Um, really disappointing from Kalinic and i before the game, I did want Silva to start, so fingers crossed that uh, that change gets made sooner rather than later. But yeah, fourth Kalinic, not impressed. Um, wow. Moving on to the subs, we're going to skip Silva because I don't feel he had enough time to really sort of make an impact and give him a fair rating. But I've given Locatelli and Antonelli five apiece. Locatelli, I think he showed a bit more grit. He wasn't afraid to get stuck into tackles, and there were just glimpses of you know the creative qualities that he has, but. I think he came on at a time where Juve were kind of hitting their stride, getting a bit more classy with their passing, so can't really be too harsh on him, so I'm giving him a five. And similar story for Antonelli, just 
more energy, bit of width on the left, but limited in terms of an impact. So five apiece for them. Any different for you? No, I, I would mirror exactly what you said. They're sort of decent performances, you know, without really influencing the game and, uh, and such, but certainly didn't sort of, you know, go missing, you know, that you could tell that they'd come on board and, and there was a couple of positives in there each, but no real impact. So I think you go in the middle, don't you? Five out of ten sounds right. Good man. Right. Talking points. Uh, the first one, of course, has to start with Montella. Everybody keeps asking the question, you know, how long has he got to kind of turn things around? Will Milan sack him? Will they wait till the end of the season until, you know, Conti's available or would they move now with a sort of temporary sort of solution? Eighth in the table. We're most likely looking at the results. Lazio have already won. Napoli are winning. We could be 12 points adrift of the top four by the end of today. How long does he get, Jack? Because I've always you know, defended him. I've always said, give him more time. It's getting increasingly more and more difficult week by week to kind of defend him and say, yep, he still needs time. So do you think we're on the cusp of seeing a change or do you still think he'll get some a bit of leeway to, to swing things around and get us on track? It's a tough one, isn't it? You know, when is the right choice? And, and part of you is sort of, well, it seems a bit of an obscure time of the year to sort of do it now and, and such. But if there's no signs of improvement or no signs of development, you know, it is a case of the sooner the better. You know, I think I mentioned on the last pod I was on at the, the tail end when we were reviewing last season that I thought he was under trouble. You know, I thought there was no conviction in sort of his team selection or his formations or his style of play. And I was, I was worried that bringing in so many new faces was only going to, further complicate that and you know I'm not actually happy to say that that seems to be what's what's happened really you know it's, it's sort of still anytime a whole fan base is scratching heads you know hours before kickoff because of team selection and things like that it just sort of I don't know it, it gives you unrumbling it gives you nerves you know if he was just putting out players who were underperforming it's a lot easier to do that when you think on paper he's putting out the best players or, or sort of the informed players and things so but when he's sticking to his guns and, and, and you know, choosing players that, that he believes are the ones to deliver. And, and unfortunately for him, they're not. It, it's really hard to sort of kind of for him to have any much justification in, in what he's doing. So, um, you know, I always sort of say whenever at the start of the season, I think if you start with a manager, they should get till Christmas, you know, get to, to sort of the, the new year um, at least, you know, because that's sort of moving into sort of halfway through the season. And, and, you know, it does still take time. We are only a quarter of the way through so far. So I still think as though... It, you know, in theory, you should go that long. But, you know, three big games out of three and they're going to stray. And um, there's only going to be bigger games coming up as, you know, every point becomes more and more critical and, and obviously the other tournaments as well. So um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, and obviously Ancelotti has, has been chopped recently. You know, I know there's talk of Conte at Chelsea, maybe if you wanted to wait out and things like that. But how often is there uh, maybe a couple of managers of, of the ilk that are out there at the moment available and, and it could be the right choice to um, to maybe go and try and snap one of those up before before too long. Absolutely. I think that is my main reservation. I think if we can go out and get Ancelotti and convince him to come back, then great, let's do it. We've got an international break coming up next month, why not? But the names that have kind of been banded around in the last couple of days, Walter Mazzare, Paolo Sosa, ex-Fiorentina boss, don't fill me with a incredible amount of confidence that they could do any better than Montella to be quite honest so yeah. I think it's a question of either you go big you go for a Carlo if he doesn't come then again yes a change will lift the players lift the club if Montella still can't deliver but you know I think uh, next summer bring in Antonio if he wants to come back to Italy then uh, that's that would be my ideal sort of scenario but yeah Mazzari or Sosa don't do it for me but uh, yeah we'll have to wait and see 
And then yeah. the kind of other talking point that was raised was, as I mentioned, 12 points adrift now of the top four qualification spots for the Champions League. When are we looking at the Europa League and thinking that's our best route to Europe's top table? Because I don't know, I'm, I don't ask me to crunch the numbers, but obviously as we fall further and further adrift, it's going to get more and more difficult to say we can grab that fourth spot. So do we look at the Europa League now and start thinking, OK, we'll go along in the league, try and do our best, but... Ultimately, that is going to be the best opportunity we can get to get back to the Champions League now. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think anybody that's in the Europa, as you said, because it's the fewest games that it takes to kind of get there, isn't there, and kind of do it. But I just think it's a huge ask. You know, you're expecting then to win three or four of the biggest games that you're going to play this season, you know, in sort of quarterfinals, semifinals, finals and stuff. And so far, the team and the players have, have come up well short when it's mattered in, in big high-pressure games and things. So I just think it's a... A huge risk to sort of bet or you know hedge all your bets on that and sort of sacrifice the league because um never mind champions league you need europe regardless next year so you need to make sure that there's the consistency in the league you know as we said there's really a quarter of the way through so far but you need to find that stability in team selection team style team play and, and all the rest and, and that will be your best way of, of delivering the best year you can you know what will happen in a cup happens in a cup you know each game becomes a cup final and even if you think you're playing lesser competition um lesser sort of quality teams you can still be over downmost in the league if you can really build some form and build some momentum it can get you going up that table to as high as possible so um i don't know you know champions league unfortunately you know the, the start of the season as you said sort of five wins out of the, the 11 um or sorry five defeats out of the 11 isn't the way you need to start a season and it does scupper expectations when you come into the year so um i think it's a big ask in honesty to a champions league next year yeah it's looking that way yeah i think i people may have mis sort of interpreted what i was saying so I, I did mention that on twitter after the game last night and that wasn't me saying let's just all go all in for the europa league because we can just walk it and win it i just feel like yeah as the, the more we f- fall further behind the competition in Serie A is that now going to become more of a priority for us so we will yeah. wait and see but uh yeah certainly going to be difficult either way uh Twitter comments and questions thanks for all the comments guys plenty come in last night starting with Fabio Lucarini at fatty under fadeaway on Twitter Europa League don't make me laugh this side will get crushed by anyone good <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got a point yeah. um and then Nick Roberts at In the Nick of Time. EL will be easier when Bellotti arrives in January. Lol, 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 lol. I think he was trolling <laughs> me there. I'm not sure who supports, but can't be that fan. Uh, Moz at Mr. GL said, I know there is not a better option out there, but Montella is clearly not capable of getting the best from the current squad, save for Barini. I'm annoyed at the result, but not surprised. Unfortunately, the players, Biglia and a few others he's mentioned there, did Montella no favours with their performances this year. At this point, our only hope is Conte in the summer and hope we only sell a few players and start from scratch. It is looking that way. And again, as he does, he makes a very valid point there that it's not all down to Montella. There's players that haven't stepped up and delivered, you know, a number of the new boys as well. Not They've not kind of met expectations. Um, and that is a worry. I know you mentioned it there. What happens next summer if we don't mention, you know, make the Champions League? For certain, has already said that that will most probably result in player sales. A couple of top players go in to kind of bridge that gap financially. So... It's a it's a worrying time. I don't like the, uh, the 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 use of the phrase starting from scratch because we did that this summer, and to see that happen again in twelve months would be uh, a bitterly disappointing. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's sort of you need to lay the foundations, and and you know, as again, what we sort of spoke about at the end of last year, I did feel as though 
even with the quality that was seemingly coming in, you have to be careful when you bring just so many people in because it's just so difficult to get everybody settled and, and build those foundation blocks. It happened at, at Tottenham in um, in the Premier League, Liverpool, same. And, you know, you've seen it across Europe as well when people go out and sign more than five, six, you know, players that they feel can be impact. It's really difficult to get that settled. So you don't want that to be the case. And, and what you just really need to start to, to do is see some glimpses of, you know, this it can't be a one-year project. You know, that isn't what's going to overhaul the the current top teams in Syria and and in Europe. This needs to be a, a you know a three, four, five-year plan. And um, yeah, but you need to be taking the steps in the right direction to kind of get there. So, um, as you said, worrying signs ahead, but I don't know. It's, it's one of those you you've got to have faith that the quality of players is going to shine through at the end of the day. Good stuff. Uh, Nick Cosentino at NPC76. When Silver and Catrone don't start, you can't expect much pop. Agreed. Daniel at Dan Rossoneri, the back three experiment has failed disastrously. Montella has to go. Bonucci, Biglia and Kalinic, the core, as Montella said, have been terrible. First to go Montella and they can follow shortly after him. It's difficult to disagree, to be honest. Bonucci's been terrible. Biglia, as we mentioned, Kalinic, we've slated both of them in this podcast. Expecting a lot, lot more. And yeah, some of it falls on Montella, but the big three in the core of that team, the backbone of that team haven't delivered. So certainly got questions to be answered there. Rishab Dabari at Rishab Dabari on Twitter. Uh, do you still think Kalinic was a good signing? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of tempted to say give him more time, but again, similarly to Montella, how much time is needed. Uh, I know you hate Backer, but he would have taken one of those four chances, agreed on that, and agreed on the fact that you know I slated Backer on numerous occasions last season for not doing more in the build-up play, and Kalinic is not living up to that end of the bargain either. So... All in all, not a particularly great signing so far, which is yeah. good. Uh, also, why doesn't Silva get the nod over Kalinic? Um, also, before anyone berates him, Zapata was immense today, made no mistakes. The difference on the night was quality finishing. Higuain is world-class, no doubt about it. Two clinical finishes. Uh, I can't answer the question why Silva doesn't get the nod over Kalinic. As I mentioned, I fully expected him to play this game, big game. He'll probably come in for the Europa League game, which uh, I don't agree with. I think he should be the main starter and get in a consistent run of games, so... We'll have to wait and see if that happens or not. And yeah, agreed. Zapata gets plenty of stick, has got his critics, but again, was, was really good against Juve, so happy with his performance. Uncle Jay at Chikese underscore Jay. Montella shouldn't still be on the bench. This team is lacking bite, drive and heart. Absolutely clueless manager. Hashtag Montella out. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reoccurring theme. It usually happens. Uh, again, Bori Oludemi at Bori Canes on Twitter. Something has to change. We should start with Montella. His coaching team needs to leave. This is something we forgot to do last summer. We need a coach that will instill fire into the players in every game, not just a handful of games. Montella isn't the man for the job. It's difficult to really argue against this because, as you mentioned earlier in like the, the recap, we play good football for a good 20-odd minutes, but then to not be able to kind of sustain that level, I don't know. Does that fall on the manager? Does that fall on the players? Who, who sort of steps up? And does it a bit of both? I, I don't know. Who, who would you kind of place the blame on if you like in that sort of situation well it's, it's difficult because you know if it's a one-off game I actually tend to go towards the players because it, you know a, a one-off performance is is very different but when it's a consistent and you're seeing it happen in more than one game and it's happening you know fairly frequently I think it's got to go down to the manager and coach because you know it, it's on them to drop those players that disappoint them change their tactics if they're not working you know fire people up and motivate them to, to make sure that Everybody is at least given their role and, and such. So um, as soon as it becomes consistent, I think the manager and coach are then held accountable. Yep, that's a fair point. 
Uh, at VA Jack Sparrow. Hey, Samit, remember my thoughts on Kalinic? Remember yours and Jace's response? Yes, I do. He's a, <laughs> a very avid supporter of not signing Kalinic. And I actually gave you a shout out in the last pod, by the way. Someone mentioned Kalinic and I did say that you've been absolutely convinced from day one that he was a terrible signing. And in fairness, you have been proved right thus far. I'm hoping Kalinic does something to change it, but ultimately at the moment, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I definitely do remember your thoughts and uh, fair play to you on that one. Uh, Samir Mohammed at Samir Mohammed 72 Really appreciate your thoughts on the game. Uh, the biggest problem with Milan is not the coach, but the lack of pacey players. We can never start a counter-attack because most of our players are slow. We need Delefeo from Barcelona. I think the 3-4-2-1 is good. We can pressure our opponents and create chances. His man of the match was Barini because he's a beast. And his flop of the match was Kalinic because we lost a match of him with those missed two crucial chances. Very difficult to disagree with anything you've mentioned there, Samir. And Jack, that is a real point that I've made and Samir's made in previous pods, that there's no pace in this team. If you look at it, we've got really nice technical players, Kalinic, um, not Kalinic, sorry, Chalanolu, uh, Suso, <laughs> all very good on the ball, all very technically gifted. But when you're looking for pace, there's absolutely nothing there. And you surely can't, especially with Milan trying to like stretch back lines and get in behind. If there's no pace in the team, we're, we're going to struggle against anyone, surely. I think you are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I wouldn't agree Delefeu is the answer. You know, I think as we saw last year, you know, he's he's nice on the eye occasionally, but his actual, you know, production isn't actually of the quality that you need at the moment. But definitely, you know, you need pace and, and such. You need something different occasionally. And occasionally football is its easiest when you're just turning the defenders, making them go the wrong way. And that's when they're the most uncomfortable. I did think the the formation again, you know, in, in my mind, I thought the wing backs would maybe bring that. You know, I thought about Ian Rodriguez, how wide, you know, they're both very capable deliveries of the ball. And, and you know, as we've seen people that followed their careers, very talented attackers. I thought they would be your touchline huggers who would be giving you the width, giving you the pace behind. And then you've got all your nice, as you said, technical players in house, sort of just sliding balls through and, you know, for those to glide on and, and start whipping balls in. But um, just not the way or, or style that, that seems to be uh, approached or, or sort of developed at the moment. And definitely just need. You can't just keep changing, you know, you can't be solving problem B with answer bit, you know, it's sort of it, every player is the same and things. It's sort of yeah. there's no, nothing to change and things. It's really difficult to, to come up with a solution when, you know, you, your, your answer to a question is the same as the answer that's failed before, isn't it? So um, definitely needs some pace. But again, it's something you might be able to address in the, in the next window. Um, but at the moment, it's not there. So it's a need to find different answers to, to kind of try and get results coming. Exactly. A couple of months ago, see if anything happens in January. But uh, yeah, problems exist now. We'll have to find those solutions. Good stuff. Right. So as I mentioned, thank you for your, all your questions and comments on Twitter. For those looking at, for us, you can find us at AC Milan Talk one um, But Jack, I think that's a wrap for this week, unless you had anything else you'd like to add. No, nothing else to add. You know, um, just try and stay positive, Milan fans. I've been here as a, as a Tottenham fan as well when we had a, a big summer and it, it was, um, you know, you come in more excited than ever and, and inevitably face some heartache along the way. It's, it's a long road you're on, so, so don't panic too much. But um, hopefully next time I'm on, it's in a more positive fashion. Good man. It was a positive end to the miserable podcast for me. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Good stuff. Uh, I feel like I'm cheating on him, but I'm going to use it. And I'm going to say, <laughs> with a little shout out to Jace, but uh, nothing left but say goodbye to the people, Jack. Goodbye to the people.